Welcome to Onco Farm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I'm a professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of Onco Farm, ETSU's Bill Gatt College of Pharmacy. I am also a board-certified oncology pharmacist, or BCOP, BCOP, and that is the focus of today's uh, or this week's episode, based on listener requests. This is something that uh, I put out a uh, a feeler on uh, on Instagram about ideas for this week's. A podcast. This came in something that I heard several other times as well um, for folks saying, "Hey, I, you know, I'd like some uh, some tips on how to study for BCOP." So let's talk about what BCOP is. Again, it's the board. It's a it's a certification, board certified oncology pharmacist, administered by BPS, the Board of Pharmaceutical Specialties here in the U.S. Why would you want to do this? Well, potentially your job will give you more money. Uh, increase your uh, qualifications for other jobs as a requirement to be a preceptor for an ASHP accredited residency program or to be a residency program director. Um, qualifications. You have to have be a graduate from an ACP accredited college of pharmacy uh, or there's some other says or um, something if you can find this on the BPS that if you're outside the US you can still do this in certain situations but those aren't clear you have to reach out to BPS you have to have an active license and then you have to have some oncology experience and this is the maybe the key point of the qualifications three types of ways you can get that experience the simplest is you've done a PGY2 oncology pharmacy residency and then you're ready to sit for BCOP um, you have a PGY1 and two years working in Hemonc at least 50% of your job dealing in Hemonc patients uh, or four years of practice experience with oncology experience being 50% of that time in hematology oncology. There's some uh, a little bit more fine print that you can look into on the, if you just Google BCOP, you'll find it. Um, so to get BCOP, you have to pass an exam. And the exam is 175 questions currently on this date in, in 2023. Um, half of the exam, 49%, comes from the domain about therapeutics and patient management how you treat breast cancer, how you treat prostate cancer, etc. Um, 23% uh, is oncology diagnosis and testing. This includes things like the pathophysiology of cancer, the biology of neoplasms, um, testing for um, biomarkers, genomics, next generation sequencing, that sort of stuff. That's 23%. And then the remainder, 23%, is professional practice. So that's divided into two subsections, clinical trials and research, and then practice management. So clinical trials and research includes, you know, some bio, some biostatistics, uh, something like phase one clinical trial design, which we did earlier this month as a podcast. Practice management is things like USP 800 or the NIOSH drug list, that sort of stuff. Um, to, um, to those are the three sections. To pass the, uh, the exam, you have to get a 500 <laughs> At 175 questions, you get 500. If you d get them all wrong, you get a 200, and the max score is 800. I don't quite know how all that works. Okay, uh, here are the pass rates going back um, like the last uh, three years or so. So in the fall of 2022, 68% of people taking the test for the first time passed. Uh, the last year, they broke up into first-time test takers and all test takers. Spring of 22, 70% of first-time takers passed. Now, going forward, you're going to hear all test takers. Uh, fall of 21, 54% passed. Spring of 21, 62% passed. Fall of 20, 60% passed. Spring of 20, 59% passed. So why are first-time test takers at a seem to do better? They're, they're averaging like a 69% pass rate. If you look at first-time test takers, 
if you look at all test takers, the numbers are, are closer to the high 50s, uh, say 58, 59% as an average. I think one of the biggest um, edges or advantages in passing BCOP is completing a PGY2 residency. So most of those first-time test takers, many of them are going to include um, those who have completed a PGY2 oncology pharmacy residency. All test takers are going to include patients, or not patients, <laughs> slip of the tongue, are going to include pharmacists who have already failed the exam and are taking it for a second time. Um, so um, tips for preparing. The number one tip, probably from a, from a a, a, a metric standpoint, statistical edge would be to complete a BGY2 in oncology pharmacy. Now that's not going to be applicable for a lot of folks. So let's say um, I hear from many from many listeners that you know they graduated pharmacy school however many years ago. Maybe they've done a PGY1 pharmacy residency. Maybe they haven't, but they've just found themselves working in oncology because they're in a health system that that needed somebody to do oncology and, and they're doing oncology and they don't have any formal training and those are the folks who, who tend to appreciate the podcast the most, I guess. So for those folks, you know, you probably have a pretty good working knowledge of some of the practice management part of some of the NIOSH requirements, some of the, um, you know, uh, the vertical flow, landlord, you know, horizontal flow hoods, things like that. You probably know that pretty well. The biggest challenge is going to be Maybe that uh, the therapeutics part of it, especially if you're working primarily in a, in a dispensing role uh, and verifying orders. So this is the, the, the crux of, of the studying tips. Okay, now as a dis- I should, do need to mention as a disclaimer that I am a faculty member for the ASHP ACCP uh, BCOP prep course. Uh, I think it's a very good course, um, and I think that co- it's, it's quite expensive. But that course um, gives you access to uh, you can either go to the on-site and do it live, or you can do the modules at home and get ACPE credit that way. That would be, you know, the thing I would do. If you know you want to do this, uh, I would take that course. HOPA also has a BCOP prep course. I'm not involved in that course, but uh, I know several of the people that are, and I would expect that it is very high quality as well. Uh, As far as studying, you know, I I really would encourage you to do one of the BCOP prep courses. That's why they exist, is to help prepare folks for the exam. Uh, that's the really the primary focus. Uh, and if you earn BCOP, to maintain BCOP, if you don't want to take the test again, and the recertification test is only 100 questions, not 175, you have to do so many BCOP CE hours, uh, and that is going to include doing one of these uh, ASHP, ACCP, or the HOPA course at some point during the seven-year uh, recertification period. So you're going to have to get familiar with it at some point. Uh, unless you're just going to sit for the test again, which you can. After my initial BCOP certification after residency, I sat for the test um, the next time and recertified that way. Going forward, I'm doing the uh, the modules uh, as a faculty member uh, because I, I see the value after uh, the work it goes into creating the, the workbook and the handout chapter, the practice questions, and then writing the questions uh, for the uh, the practice exams for that. Uh, I don't do any questions for the actual BCOP test, so I don't know what's on it necessarily year to year. They do have really nice outlines of, of what the content is and how many questions come from each domain and each subdomain. Um, when you, you know, one of the ways I studied for this um, after my PGY2 is I got the, the handbook. I got the, I didn't sign up for the, to, to listen to the, the, I didn't go to the live course. I didn't, I didn't get recordings. I just got the, basically the, uh, the book and just read through that, and there are really good practice questions in the books. The faculty spend a lot of time making questions that have plausible distractors and an explanation, uh, and 
you know, that's pretty good. And, and you should be able to, if you're, if you're ready for the exam, you should be able to get most of those practice questions right and know why the right answer is right and why the wrong answer is wrong and how you could change the question to make the wrong answers correct. That, that's, there's usually a reason that the distractors are there uh, to be incorrect. So that would be kind of the first thing is to do, is to do those, uh, those preparatory courses. I have heard from folks that they, they said thanks to, you know, this episode or that episode of, of this podcast, I got a question right on the, uh, the BCOV exam. So, you know, the foundations of Oncopharm episodes, those are the ones that are like on vincristine and doxorubicin and cyclophosphamide. Those are meant to be the things that everybody needs to know to be uh, working in oncology. And, you know, there's a, there's a decent section of the exam that is about long-term side effects and uh, toxicity management. And uh, those are the sort of things that are covered. And pharmacology, how the drugs work, you know, that, 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 is, that is part of, of what we go over in those episodes. Uh, and those are all free for everybody is to listen to those podcasts. You know, the clinical trials... Uh, phase one clinical trials with Donald Harvey earlier this month and the investigational drug pharmacy services with Jackie Saunders. Those are things that are in the domains. So, so those are there as well as helpful resources. Uh, and then ask around to other folks who have, who have taken the exam. Uh, I think everyone's a little bit different uh, in plotting uh, how much studying time you'll need. I know some people um, have taken the prep course um, you know, in, in consecutive years before taking the test for the first time. Um, uh, and, and usually those are folks who, who don't have that, uh, that dedicated oncology training experience in the form of a PGY2 oncology pharmacy residency. Um, so those are, those are my tips. You know, listen to, listen to good podcasts uh, that uh, talk about the, the basic drug information. Um, and then I would, I would take one of those, those BCOP courses, again, with that disclaimer that I am a faculty member. Uh, this is not an ad. This is, this is, uh, uh, I should, I should, yeah, I should try to get an ad for to do this. Anyway, um, that's that, those would be my big study tips for that. Would be to take the practice question seriously in in one of the BCOP review courses, uh, and to to listen to those foundation pods and to you know the the ones earlier this month on uh, clinical trials, phase one clinical trials, and investigational drug services, um, and then you know you know you're gonna get some biostats questions. Uh, that's a part of it too. So make sure you have a really good understanding of of your alpha and your beta, sensitivity, specificity, you know, positive predictive value, negative predictive value, things like that are gonna be important. Um, when it comes to studying the actual therapeutics and treatment of cancer, you know, that's 50%, 49% exam. This is, it's a little challenging because, you know, oncology moves really fast and these questions, my guess is they're written like two years in advance and they're piloted for a year and some of these questions may be obsolete pretty quickly. So I would guess, you know, if I were, you know, creating this exam, I would try to create questions that are pretty solidly ingrained as standard of care and haven't changed recently and therefore are less likely to change going forward. Things like, you know, treatment of hormone positive breast cancer with hormonal agents. You know, the side effect management doesn't, you know, how, how you deal, you know, AIs cause more osteoporosis than tamoxifen, right? And that's not going to change. You know what I mean? Cyclophosphamide can cause hemorrhagic cystitis in certain situations. That's not going to change. The way you prevent it, the way you manage it, that's not going to change. So those things I would really focus on, on knowing that sort of stuff. Um, and if you talk about, say, metastatic diseases, you know, first-line treatment is probably sufficient without knowing second, third-line um, I would guess because those are, are more likely to change pretty quickly as opposed to first-line treatment for 
you know, non-small cell lung cancer is going to have a platinum in it most likely um, uh, in, in many instances. So that would be uh, my recommendation uh, for studying tips for that. Um, you know, quiz yourself um, uh, is, is going to be helpful as well. Don't just read the chapters. Really take those practice questions seriously. Uh, if you have other specific questions, feel free to, um, to shoot me a message on social media or via email. I'm happy to, to take the time to answer those questions. Uh, I hope you find this uh, helpful. If you have um, done uh, or if you're considering going to get a BCOP certification, uh, I, I certainly think it's worthwhile. Um, opens some doors for you uh, and uh, is, um, you know, a, probably an expectation to, to practice at a high level, uh, especially in any, any large cancer center, uh, any tertiary care center. This is going to be the expectation for folks uh, working in oncology pharmacy. It gives you a leg up in uh, in uh, changing jobs, looking for new jobs, etc. So, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at FarmDeetNib, and then on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads at OncoFarmPod. Uh, and until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter.